We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham and Neil McCready. Jeffrey Wright will join us momentarily for his weekly appearance a couple days away from Ole Miss and Georgia. Sanford Stadium Saturday in Athens. A full day of MPW Digital and all MPW Digital podcasts presented by Twisted T. This here Oxford Exxon Podcast. The Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. The lunch specials, 569, couple sides, bread, any size fountain drink that you would like. They got the beer cave going, ready for Saturday. Stop in, pick up whatever alcoholic beverage you would desire, and it'll be waiting on you, and it's 34 degrees. It's own room. It's great there at the Oxford Exxon. Also, catering for next week's ULM game, ribs, pulled pork, vegetables, side items, whatever you need for that 11 o'clock kick, they have that as well there at the Oxford Exxon. And again, Neil is in the Clark Ford studio. I am Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests will join throughout the day, including Jeffrey Wright on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901 759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. We will have a post-game show on Saturday night. It's brought to you by Dead Soxie, deadsoxie.com, promo code REBELGROVE for uh, 25% off the best socks you will ever wear. 
And uh, I'll have a post-game column on Saturday night as well. That's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. If you're searching for residential or commercial properties in Oxford or Tupelo, contact Whitney McNutt for amazing professional service and support. Contact Whitney at Whitney at tmhomes.com or call her at 662-567-2573. Like Chase said, a lot of programming coming your way. Today on the sh- on uh, the network where you get your podcast, you'll have us obviously with Jeffrey, and then uh, we'll have an episode of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle uh, that will be up in podcast form sometime around midday. And then I'm not sure exactly what order all of this will be on, but McCready and Siski presented by Rain Total, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel, I should say, we'll go live at uh, around two o'clock. Uh, Chase and I will have a hand raise, guys around five o'clock or so uh, that's brought to you by Comer heating and air, Southern air conditioning and heating. And uh, we will also have uh, the butcher versus the dance instructor presented by LB's meat market, Greg Jones, Caroline McCready make their weekly picks. We will have um, Pete's pigskin preview presented by Riverland roofing. Pete and I taped that last evening. Really good. Very informative. George's uh, big, strong, fast, deep athletic. They're good. Uh, that's why they've won a lot of games in a row. You sort of see it when you watch them on film, how that happens. It's it's not an accident. That's brought to you by Riverland Roofing. We'll have that to you. And then I have a uh, two-and-a-half-hour Oxford Exxon podcast, extra edition, 90-something percent of it focused on the Rebels and the Bulldogs. Mike Griffith of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution joins. So does Roddy Nubulsi, the publisher of UGASports.com. A great site on the Rivals Network. Uh, if you like our site, you'll love their site. They're fantastic. They do a great job. And then our uh, weekly visit with Ben Mintz. We'll talk a lot about Ole Miss, Georgia. Go over a few college games and uh, go through the weekend ahead in the National Football League. So all of that coming your way today here at um, the little podcast network that could. One bit of news coming out uh, yesterday. To some extent, Micah Pettis appears to have injured something to do with his foot um, at practice. That is as specific as I'm willing to get on this because I've heard several different things. And as everyone is well-versed by now, when there's no information, there's plenty of information out there on the Internet. Um, it's just whether that is accurate or not is the uh, is the case. People that I do trust, uh, they did not specify the uh, severity of said injury yesterday. So we're left wondering, at least as of 8.01 a.m. here on this Thursday, that could change in the next 30 seconds. But that's where we are uh, sitting with Pettis' status, obviously the uh, pretty important right tackle for Ole Miss against Georgia and that pass rush and run blocking situation. Saturday in Athens, my just – Rudimentary assumption would be that if Pettis can't go in this game, they would move Victor Kern over to right tackle and Jaden Williams would assume his left tackle spot from a year ago. Williams has been playing kind of spot duty at left tackle this season for the most part as he has not had a normal starting job since uh, since last year. But, it, I mean, look, there are worst – we have covered offensive lines that would have zero answer with a situation like this. They at least would have a plan, but it would be a monumental loss at the same time if Pettis can't go in Athens on Saturday. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, look, it's a loss if he, if he can't go. And my guess, based on everything that we've heard, is that he probably can't go. Don't know that. That's my guess. If he can't go, it's a loss. He's a, a road-grading run blocker. He's a great All- run blocker. 
all the holding call jokes aside, he's a hell of a run blocker. But now Kern's not a bad run blocker. No. And and Williams Williams is pretty good in pass pro. He's not played a lot blocker. of SC football. Not the greatest run blocker in the world, but he's okay. He's not like he's some cat at Austin P or something. I mean, he, he he's he's okay. Uh it doesn't help your chances. I will say this. There was a lot of the whole WAOM stuff yesterday. Stop. Stop. You're eight and one. You've won four games where you came back in the fourth quarter. The whole pity party stuff. Silly. You're having a great season. As Chase wrote, I think, in picks, you've got a access bowl on the racket. There aren't many teams that wouldn't trade places with you right now. The whole pathetic thing is just, it's overplayed. It's kind of played out a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're really past it, honestly. I mean, it's just sort of dumb. It, it, it's program and sports program aside. Look around. What 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 is what is feeding that right now? Chris Beard's running your basketball program. Last time I checked, you had a national title in baseball the last couple of years. Football yeah. programs winning a lot of games. For those Chill that out. care about it, women's basketball is nationally competitive, ranked twelfth in the country. The rest of the stuff, frankly, it's it's niche. And if you like the niche, good. If you don't, you don't really care. It's not really impacting anything. Well, and frankly, they're pretty good at that. They got a women's golf national title in the last few yeah, years. I'm not trying to I'm always doing a hell of a job. Like, I mean, nothing yeah. is overly bad right now. Go down the list. Yeah, I'm just saying if you're walking down the road going, our soccer team didn't do very well. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, but the whole football thing, injuries happen. George is literally probably going into this game without its two best players. Um uh, People get hurt. You're, 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 part of the season is that you're you're going to play teams sometimes that are down on their luck, and sometimes you're going to play teams that are a house of fire. It just happens. That's part of the deal. It's why at the beginning of the season, doing the W's and the L's and the tosses is it's, it's, it's difficult. And then I will say this. If I'd asked 100 Ole Miss fans before the season, all right, we're going to play the, we're going to play this game. Behind door number one is 10 and two. It's 10 and two. You're going to beat Mississippi State. You're going to beat LSU. That's all I'm going to tell you. 10 and two. You're going to win those two games. That's all I'm going to tell you. You're going to an access bowl or at worst, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. That is behind door number one. Now, Mr. Ole Miss fan, Mrs. Ole Miss fan, you can take what's behind door number one and walk right out the door with it. Or you can close that door, and we'll open door number two. And what's behind there is yours. Come on. What are you taking? That's like the donkey in the in the old game show, right? They got the donkey behind door number two. You are taking door number one and prancing right out of the room. Just Jeffrey, I assume that uh, Mrs. Wright back in uh, August would have jumped on door number one. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I actually, <laughs> actually had this conversation. I mean, I told her, you know, cause she's like, well, what do you think this week? And I mean, spoiler alert for if you haven't read picks, like, I don't think it's going to go well. I could be wrong, but even if it doesn't go well, like, holy hell. I mean, we, we set before the end of the season pretty reasonably. Eight and four was kind of pass fail. Anything better than eight and four was a good year. 
hundred percent. I mean, the truth is most people would take door number one in August and, and practically make love to it. I mean, they would have just, they would have left so excited. You wouldn't even thought about door number two. I don't even know that you would have even considered as you walked down the aisle with door number one. I don't even know that you'd think, you know, I wonder what was behind door number two. No, because that's the whole, the whole W A O M thing. W A O M would be you lost to Tulane. You lost to Tulane. The Jaden Daniels pass at the end of the game was four inches lower and a little bit harder, and they didn't get the two uh, illegal procedure penalties that backed them up, and that's a touchdown, and you lose 56 to 55. That would be W-A-O-M. W-A-O-M would be. Last week to Texas A&M. Yeah, W-A-O-M would be when Arkansas scored to take a three-point lead with 12 minutes left, and then Lane Kiffin went for it on fourth and one at his own 34, and this happened, boys and girls. W-A-O-M would be the snap was bad, and Quinshawn fumbled it. Arkansas recovered it and scores a touchdown, and you lose to Arkansas. That would be, oh, man, this is not going well. And we'll keep going. W-A-O-M would be that sloppy night in Auburn. You never answered the bell. And Hugh Freeze gets carried off the field, kissing on Jill, and the girls are in tears. And you Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you carry yourself off the field? That's a good point. He maybe he would have Jill and the girls carry him off. Uh, but regardless, yeah, yeah. it would the camera would have been on Hugh and a tear filled Hugh Freeze well, and, and Neil and the grandchild. And the grandchild, right? Exactly. And then look, last week, last week got a little weird, and you won. You won. You won all those games. This is. I know people don't, I've I've discovered Chase and Jeffrey that there are people that don't like this term, but Lane's used it too, basically. It's a free shot. In other words, house money means that when you go into the casino, they hand you $500. Here, here, sir. And so you play with that money. And if you lose that money, the money was never really yours, so you didn't lose anything. Your worst case scenario, seriously, work because if you, here, here's the truth: if you get blown out, then you just sort of tip your cap and go, "Hey, whatever, all right, cool, on to next week." It's the Turn the list, yeah. It, it's the lose the close game you think you should have won, where it would have been like if you have that house money casino and you got there and you're playing blackjack and the dealer pulls out some random ass twenty one to beat you and you go, "It was free shot," but damn, that sucked. But then you still in an hour have to go. Ah, oh, whatever. Okay, it's it's cool. Like sweet. But you know that's what's going to happen. Like that's the only thing I kind of dread on Saturday a little bit because it's a cousin of the paper loss versus the emotional loss. Is the frustration that is going to come with an with a close Ole Miss loss on Saturday in Athens? It's coming. That's why I hope they, I hope they get blown out. <laughs> I want them to win. I want them to win or get blown out. You know, Does that I, the, a bad person. No, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not exactly there, but I get that. I, I, I would, if the football gods came down and said, "All right, Neil, I'm gonna give you two choices. They can lose by three late, or they can lose by seventeen. I'm like, they can lose by seventeen guys, or they can lose on a phantom pass interference penalty with about four seconds oh, to Jesus. go. Seventeen right now. The end. I do not. I do not want to have to sit here and talk to y'all on Saturday night and have to do the whole officiating thing. I don't either. It's the one thing I dread. I've gotten to where I cheer for games to be blowouts. 
I, I do not want close games because of the whole officiating thing. And I, I, I just, if the officials were out to get you, you wouldn't be eight and one. I, I'm with you. the The fact that they're eight and one, and there's still the conspiracy theorists out there, it blows my mind. Now the holding have, penalty now, thing is now, really strange. It's 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 no, weird, it's guys. Not, Chase, they hold. No, 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 no. Twenty to four is weird. You you know why? Here here's here's an actual explanation. As Neil has pointed out a thousand times, the SEC knows that Pettis holds. Every, but they're not all on no, Pettis. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. As we've seen with the whole Michigan sign stealing thing. You know what coaches do a lot? They whine. They whine. They whine. They whine. Everyone is sitting here and whining about Pettis. So they're watching it. They're watching it like a hawk. Also, Ole Miss runs a ton of plays. Thirdly, Ole Miss runs a ton of play action. You know what happens in play action? Guys rush the passer and you got deep drops. Holdings happen. On the flip side, you know why it's not that bizarre? Ole Miss isn't trying to literally send all these wide defensive ends and rush hard off the edge. Ole Miss is trying to muddy it up up front. They're just trying to collapse the pocket. That's why the holding thing, that's why the disparity is what it is. Four to one, though. Four to one. Come on. Well, also, like... How many holding penalties has Ole Miss declined? Ole Miss has had a lot of holds on the defensive end where they've, they've still sacked the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like I, I have said, no idea how much they've had versus another side. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. No clue. Like I said to you the other day, I'd have to – someone – before I went down the, the holding road, someone would have to sit down with me and show and me – And again, the, I, I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just saying it's an odd stat. That's all. Like, I'm just going, hey, that is a little weird. No, you are saying it is because you're doing it 4-1. No, no, one, no, 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 no. Yes, I'm not even saying it's not inherent bias. I'm just saying that is a stat that is so extreme in both directions that it's like, okay, I need to at least see some explanation for that. That's all. I, I know Neil has had multiple conversations with the office about this. I just find it very hard to believe that literally they're sitting there going, how can we get Ole Miss this week? Oh, I, I don't buy that. Damn it. I, I, I don't now, buy that. Now, maybe that would be the joke. They're so bad at officiating, they're trying to screw Ole Miss, they can't do it. God damn it. Yeah, I I mean, look, it, last week, if you and, – and and again, nobody's – well, some people are, but no, the majority's not accusing anybody of fixing a game, rigging a game. I, no, I no, 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 no. But if you were to rig the game last week, you would rig it in Ole Miss's favor. You mm-hmm. you 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 would want Ole Miss to win. I mean, here's the thing. It goes back to the WAOM thing. Here's the truth inside the SEC office. Y'all want the truth? They love Lane Kiffin. They love this Ole Miss Lane Kiffin thing winning. Ole Miss is kind of sexy right now. You you're about brands. You you are about brands. It's all about brands. You going into this new thing next season. You need as many brands as you can have. Well, in the SEC, what do you have? You have Texas. Texas is a brand. You can make fun if you want. They're a big brand. Um, Alabama is a big brand. Georgia, big brand. LSU, uh, exotic brand. There people, mm-hmm. people up north like to watch LSU. They do. It's proven. The numbers are there. It's the reason yep. they show them. 
The reason they put that Alabama LSU game on primetime every night is because that thing draws numbers. They love it. It's that's that's all that is. Uh, after that, you're searching for brands. A and M, as much as they want to be a big brand, they're kind of not. OU is a pretty big brand. People people like to watch Oklahoma. That's a traditional thing that goes way back. And then after that, it's sort of niche until Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin gets this. His, his social media, he gets big numbers. People like to write about him. People like to watch him. People like to talk about him. They either love, they love to love him or they love to hate him. Uh, people like Ole Miss's uniforms. People like just the 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 reputation of hey, the, you never know. He might go for it on fourth and one at his own thirty. He might go for he might go for it on fourth and two at his own sixteen. This guy's crazy. That's a brand. The SEC loves that brand. They don't they don't love. I mean. Shane, you got, what do you got? South Carolina, you got Kentucky, I and mean, you got these Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. I mean, those are not brands. Arkansas is not a brand. Nobody watches Arkansas football and goes, God, this is exciting. Um, I mean, right now, Ole Miss is a brand. The SEC, if they were, quote, rigging things, Ole Miss would get a lot of calls. And look, the call that nobody talks about, Lane talked about it on Monday. Sunday, Monday, I get confused. Yeah, sure. I mean, the OPI on Texas A&M that killed a oh, drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. How was an egregious it? call. It wasn't OPI. No, not at all. Also, I, I mean, I said this on the postgame show. Ole Miss on fourth and one got away with a false start. Jackson, Jackson, when they snapped it to Judkins, Jackson was moving, and he was moving forward. It was a false start. Also, you can mark, make the argument – it was an illegal ship. They weren't set. Yeah, I saw that in real time, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Lane said, and, and again, I'm quoting the Ole Miss coach. They're going to miss calls. I mean, and, and so we can have this broader conversation about should they implement an NFL-style officiating system? I, I mean, I guess. I don't, where, where are you going to get all those people? You have, an, just, you have an officiating shortage that has trickled down. There aren't just tons of people lining up to be officials. Oh no! I mean, I, I don't know if they do this in Mississippi, but in Tennessee, you every school has to host one game on Thursday night rather than Friday mm-hmm. night. Yeah, because of the officials' work. Now, Oxford played. It, Oxford played Hernando. Uh, Hernando last week. I was going to say Horn Lake, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. Oxford played Hernando last week, and they played it on a Thursday. It was senior night. The whole deal. They didn't want to do that on Thursday. They wanted to play on Friday. They couldn't because they don't have enough officials. Mm-hmm. Now I give the TWSLA credit, or you know whoever whoever originally came up with the idea, I give them credit. The officiating has gotten much better since they've done that. The oh, problem is, the problem is, I mean, you sit here and you see the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is talking about making the NFL officials full time because people are pissed at the NFL officials. Like. Y'all, sometimes you got to take a step back and realize, like, they're kind of there for you to yell at. Like, it's there to make you feel better. But I've never seen a fan base at eight and one that enjoys it as little as this one. But I feel like I say this every time that they have a good year. And there I don't is know this. I don't know if it's like the psychological, we are all Miss thing, waiting on the shoot, you know, the shoot to drop. But God damn it, y'all. I perused multiple other message boards this week, and everybody bitches about officiating. 
I mean, they, everybody's convinced officiating's out to get them. And the truth is, they're here's the thing: if you, you we know it's 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 not fixed, it's not rigged. The SEC doesn't do anything because there's too many people. There are too many people Wait, to do that. Somebody would talk, and if somebody talked, it would bring the billion dollar machine to the ground. They don't want that. It, it's there is a there is an inherent level of incompetence is too strong of a word. It's you're asking a bunch of old guys basically to in real time catch everything that super athletic 19 20 21 year old kids do get it right in real time knowing that there's 1500 high definition cameras that are catching every missed call we never go back and look at the plays where you're like oh boy they called that player exactly right i mean they they between that and review they get most everything right i think at the end of the day the other day lane was upset about two calls he was upset at that first holding that negated a touchdown. Which was a hold. I but, said and, it in real time. And here's, and here's the thing. But nobody has said, nobody has said over there, but that was an egregious call. What I've heard is, man, that was kind of ticky-tack. Okay, ticky-tack. I can tell you the, the, the flag was thrown before the ball even went into the air. The official wasn't, oh, God, that's a touchdown. I'm going to negate it. Yeah. Um. It was just, they called it, which tells me they're looking for it. And then the other one, he was upset. And in the open field, the 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 call on Priestcorn, which was bad. I didn't think Caden held. I but, totally agree. The Priestcorn one was terrible. The other one was a hole. So if we're talking about a full game where there were probably two really, really rough calls, the one on Priestcorn and, frankly, the OPI, which I didn't think he picked him. I, I didn't think I, it. He no, didn't, he didn't. He didn't run the route the right way, and he ran it in a way that made it look like a pick. But he didn't. He didn't collide with him. Yeah, I mean, look, we gotta we gotta move on. I mean, I, I guess closing here. I, yeah, I do. In no way do I believe the commissioner or Charlie Hussey is going. Hey, here's the mandate for the week. I mean, come on, that's the dumbest thing in the world. I think there's inherent bias with officials because they expect things or they have pecking orders with things. They look for certain things with certain teams. And there's probably some truth to the way coaches work officials because these are humans. Hey, if I'm a little more whatever, I'm not getting yelled at in the same way with this and whatever. So, yes, I do think it's, yeah, competence, whatever, probably too, way too strong. But I do think there is a weird bias that ends up coming in and it's hard to move up in that order over time or whatever. Because, like you said, I mean, you're, all, you're not going to get calls in Tuscaloosa. We can say, well, that just is what it is, but okay, but why is that is? You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's my point. Is it's it, it is a well, little it's more complicated. Proven than you don't get calls on the road, and the other reason why it always feels like you never get calls against Alabama is they're better than you. They're always better than you, and so every time that you feel like you don't get a call, it stands out. But Alabama sits there and whines about officiating. Like it's the the ultimate. What are we doing here? Moment happened this week. LeBron James was whining about not getting foul calls. LeBron James. I cannot think of any player in the history of the NBA that is more in the black than LeBron James on getting foul calls. Yeah, I can't think of a player in modern history who gets a more no. favorite whistle. No, no, no. I mean, maybe, 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 maybe Kobe. I always felt like Kobe got a superstar whistle. Maybe. By the end of his career, he did. But by the end of his career, it's sort of... Who cared? Yeah. Kind of earn it. Jordan. I mean, look, Jordan got an incredibly favorable whistle 
towards the mm-hmm. prime of his career. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. Looking at uh, lines for, or sorry, looking at records for last week. Jeffrey, uh, how'd you end up in last place last week? Luker eight and two. We're in mirror mirror land a little bit. Six and four for me and McCrady. Jeffrey at four and six. Rippy at five and five for the season. Jeffrey still fifty two and forty four, having a nice year. Rippy forty nine and forty seven. Neil forty nine and forty seven. I'm forty seven and forty nine. And Luker even after the eight and two week forty one and fifty five. I think the game the, spread. the week flipped because I think I took state. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense. Uh number two, Michigan, minus four and a half. Number nine, Penn State, eleven AM on Fox. Michigan's a good football team, and I have no trust whatsoever in Penn State or James Franklin in this game. I'm scared though. Didn't we all four do this? Like yep. I'm scared that this is my like this would be my blood bank bet your mortgage pick of the week taking Michigan, but I'm now officially scared because I think everyone's thinking like that. But James Franklin doesn't win these games at Penn State. He wins all the games at Penn State that don't involve Ohio State or Michigan. He's awesome in those games. I mean, like, holy hell, awesome. They play Maryland and Purdue and Iowa and those people and just beat the hell out of them. He looks like a damn superpower. And then he plays those two teams and he, he, he they can't get it done. And on the other hand, you got to think this thing at Michigan is galvanizing inside the building. They're, they get to really play the us against the world card week after week after week, and it appears to be working because they're just merciless, mercilessly beating the hell out of people. I mean, I think the argument, though, would be they've not had to play a close game. So what do they do if they get into a close game? Sure. They they've not had to play a true road game. I mean, they've played, you know, they've gone on the road, but most of those road games, they've had half the half the crowd. And I still think the most single overrated player in the country is J.J. McCarthy. I've never seen anyone that gets more love, heap, and praise. And every time I watch him play, I'm like, man, this guy just missed another wide-open receiver throwing it seven yards behind him. Like, I, I don't get it. Now, I think Drew Ehlers sucks some kind of awful. And... I don't know how that they move the football, but the fact that this seems super obvious and the line shrinking, it absolutely scares me. Franklin beat Michigan in 2019, and I think that's he his last win against He beat either. him in 2020. That doesn't count. He's 6-1 and one against the spread, so even when he wins, it's usually oh. like they, even when he, he's won the game, it's, it's not convincing. I don't know. The line the line's got me spooked. Okay. What's number eight out? Go ahead. What is what? that line right now? I'm looking to see where the I where think the it's line. down to four. It's shrinking. And at a certain point, like I agree with you, Neil. I think it is galvanizing. What happens is if it starts being taxing? Oh, it could be. It's four and a half, by the way. My thing with them is yeah, close game. I just they hadn't played one. And I, I'm not convinced this is gonna be one either, but I get it. It's going to be loud. It's big noon. In the noon game, in 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 the Big Ten's a big deal. It doesn't. It doesn't get the fans don't poo poo on it the way they do in in the SEC territory. It's kind of their tradition, like it's their thing. Eh, they don't like it either, though. But they don't. The, the only they don't, Michigan, it doesn't stop them from getting like geeked. Now, up. Michigan Michigan men don't because football is meant to be played on Saturday early. 
Uh, number eight, Alabama minus 11 at Kentucky, 11 a.m. ESPN. I, I felt the entire week this is the line of the week. I think it's way too low. I know Alabama's coming off this LSU game, but Kentucky is just not its typical physical sell. They're going to get bullied in this game. Even in Lexington. I, I like Alabama by three scores here. I'm scared. I, I just I, – I, I, the, the last two games, it's the same thing. Like, I sat there and looked at the line, and it's like, really? I, I, Kentucky, like, who is Kentucky beating? Florida, I guess? Yes. Yeah, they beat Florida. Played Tennessee well. They did. Yeah, no, they're be- I think their best win of the year is the loss against Tennessee. I think that's the that's when they played the best. I I don't I don't get this one either. I think Alabama's going to roll them. I think Alabama's figuring out figuring it out quickly. Alabama looked like Alabama Saturday. I and mean, we can do all the Milrow stuff if we want. They have to their credit. They have figured out what he does well and that's what they ask him to do. They really well, It's the first time it's the first time I mean, what do you have? Twenty rushes? It's the yeah. first time they they straight up said we are we. He is our primary running game. I mean, he was incredible on Saturday night. Yeah, he really was. He was really really good. And defensively, they've. I mean, you you don't when you hold LSU to twenty eight, you did something. I thought the game was over when LSU when LSU stole the touchdown right before the half. I was like, oh, and they get the ball to start the second half. I thought maybe when they came out and did nothing with the football in the second half, he's like, well, this is over. We can like, I know everyone's going to get mad at the, you know, the whole targeting, non-targeting thing. But like that game was over at that point. Oh yeah. It was, that was, they were up 14. It's over once that was a tennis match. Once you broke serve yep. night, night. Vanderbilt plus 14 at South Carolina, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Jeffrey and I holding hands on this one. We got the doors covering against the Gamecocks. I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel like South Carolina can blow anybody out right now. After You're probably that. right. I just, I've, I've taken Vanderbilt like three times this year. I get burned every single time. I'm so, well, whatever. I'll just go with, I, I, I don't, I'll get burned with South Carolina. At least occasionally they don't burn me quite as bad as Vanderbilt sets me completely on fire. No, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident this is going to be the SpongeBob SquarePants uh, favorite or whatever underdog of the week. Like I am nearly certain when we get to Saturday, more money will be on Vanderbilt than anyone, and that terrifies me. But I'm with Chase. Like in the end, I don't. If South now, granted, what does this imply? Jacksonville State's would be a three point favorite against Vandy. Yeah, I mean, and Jacksonville State damn near pulled that off Saturday. They did that. God, that pick six. That was terrible. Terrible. If he throws the ball right, it's a TD. God, oh, they, so... they had a pick six. I watched no snaps oh, in that game. They had oh, a pick six. I, I was, I was okay. texting Neil. I was locked in. Yeah, okay. They were driving down the field to win the game. Driving for the win. They were, good. they were going to get the win, and the quarterback who plays at Jacksonville State for a reason, he's a good player. He just made yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. He's a good runner. Good runner. He, he just Web, made a, he made a good, good runner. Bathroom. He made a really bad throw, and it ended up being a pick six, and that made the game look like something it wasn't. That thing was this close to a Jacksonville State win. I, I want to say I, I'm going to tell you guys this. I mean, on this one, if it's close, I start loving Vanderbilt to win the damn thing. Oh, I I agree because I do think South Carolina's on quit watch. But is there anyone in college football that is able to do 
Like we always talk about quarterback play, quarterback play, quarterback play. Rich Rod's ability to take a kid that can't throw and still put an off a functional offense together. I don't think there's anyone else in the country that does it like he does. He's really good. I mean, he's he's a really good offensive coach. I know that we do the thing that year at Ole Miss and whatnot, but. There was a lot more to that story than than ever got told. Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, but but they still. I mean, look at what they did offensively with John Rice Plumley at quarterback. It's literally I've never seen somebody run quarterback counter for like eighty yards a, a pop like he does against SEC defenses. They I know just, they just it's weren't not- good on the other end. They, 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 they we, we I don't want to go back down that history lesson, but they, they they really had no chance. There was too much working against them from a scholarship thing, and it just there was no momentum, and it was not a popular hire because of our boy Ross and Chancellor Gumballs and all the people that butchered that entire year. Butchered it, my God. But um, I mean, you want to do the WAOM thing? Go back to that. That's WAOM. Um, I was thinking about this. Do y'all think history will be kinder to Matt than, yes. Yes. than reality? Because mm-hmm. in the end, somebody had to pay Hugh's credit card bill and Matt did it. Yeah. He kept it on tracks. It was fine. He left. He left Lane with some good players. I mean, he, they were they were on the cusp of maybe kind of turning the corner. It was just going to take so long to turn that corner. And no, the the it, I think the I think it played out the way that it should. Like in the if end, they were, if, if they were going to keep Matt get sixteen million, I mean, yeah. Oh, he did fine. And if if they were going to keep Matt Luke in that interim year, you should never have done all of the statements throughout that year. about, oh no, no, he has no chance. That was that was fundamentally stupid. And then once you've gotten to that place to reverse course because some local merchants and maybe local others put this intense pressure on a chancellor who's desperately trying to stay in power, that was dumb. I mean, it was really dumb. And so you, you, if, if day one of a coach being hired is not 100% enthusiasm, it's really bad. It's going to, you have a hard time making that work. I mean, I'm not saying it won't work, but you need day one to be. Here we no, go. You, you got two options. It's it's to your point. You got two options. You either win the press conference or you win on the scoreboard. And whoever was coaching those teams was not going to win on the scoreboard because of the scholarship restrictions. So you had to be able to win a press conference. And that Correct. Was, yeah, that was just it was it was unfair. Anyway, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I remember that day that I mean, it was so sort of passive and the lack of excitement that I mean, they were even trying to build it up in ways that got so hyperbolic. They compared Matt to John Vault because they were both offensive line coaches prior to being head coaches, and it's like stop, like just, 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 just hire your coach right here. It was whatever. Yeah. Um, had, had, you, had you were going to do that, you should have done it in August when you named him the coach. You should have said he's the coach. He's not the interim coach. He's the coach. And when people like me called Ross Bjork early November and said, hey, I'm about to put this story out about the coaching deal. I'm asking you specifically, do I need to include Matt in this? You should say he should have said yes. One million percent yes. Instead, it was no. It's, it's all good. Odd schedule for South Carolina, by the way, as I move on. Their final four games of the season are at home. They were at home against Jacksonville State, and they've got Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson the rest of the way, all in Columbia. They need all three for a bowl game. Carolina's currently well, that three was, and that six was Shane the season. Spin- that was Shane Spinza. They just got to get back home. Is it yeah, bad no. for me that I'm cheering against them almost every week? I don't There's What is it? I was trying to think about this. Why does Shane Bieber rub me the wrong way? 
I was really into him preseason. I thought he did a good job last year. I thought that they weren't going to be good, but they'd be kind of serviceable and okay. And yeah, after he did the whole tirade of blaming everybody but himself, and he kicked the Gatorade cooler and broke his foot, that that, that was a week that showed, hey, you've got a real pretty low ceiling here, bud. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of going the other way on you now for good. Yeah, it, it, it's not. I, I get it, Jeffrey. You're 100 percent right. There's just something that goes. Nah, it's pretty easy to root against those guys. I actually kind of feel bad for Spencer Rattler in a way. I mean, that dude no, is—he's a damn good I, quarterback. He picked them in the portal, and he's turned it into a bowlless season and a Mayo Bowl. Now, I would argue, and granted, he's—he's he's a young man. He can—he can flip it around quite quickly. Spencer Rattler is paying his sins. Like he—he he, that kid has been an insufferable. Like from that QB one, his time in Oklahoma, he was. A real, real sack of crap. Uh, with that being said, I have had nothing but respect for him this year. Dude just keeps throwing, and he's getting his absolute teeth kicked in week yeah. after week after week. I don't know. There's just something about Shane that I'm like, you smell like a fraud. Yeah. No, I think I'm with you. Uh, number 13, Utah plus 10 at number 5, Washington 230 on Fox. Um, I don't I'm know. i again. Yeah, this is. I, I, I took we're the either, Huskies. We're either, mm. Let me tell you what, boys. We're either going to. Uh, we're either going to Vegas together to watch the Vegas Bowl, or uh, <laughs> we're going to have some uncomfortable conversations with our wives on Monday. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. Michigan was free money. You understand. Alabama was free money. You understand. Betting against Utah was free money. Yeah, Vegas might be more than happy to give us the crab and shrimp buffet Correct. after the money we lose on the weekend. Hey, yeah, take a room, have a buffet, hang around a little while, guys. Really, Mister Wright, come on down. It's good to see you. We got your we got your seat right here, ready to go. Anything? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We got your bucket of high noons ready to go right here. <laughs> Make sure is your credit card on file, sir. It is Amex, right? 
They don't yeah, have cancellations. You, you got the whole NFL day. Go ahead. Yeah. Feel free. No limit. Sure you can't extend that stay till Monday? We got a Monday night game for you to lose some money on. T- I'm sorry. Do you enjoy? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm on Washington. We'll see. I mean, Utah just doesn't score. It's not in Salt Lake. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna try to not be stupid. I'm kind of doing the Caroline plan. I thought about it for like three seconds. I went, Washington's better, and it's not in, in in Salt Lake. Okay, we're gonna take the Huskies. We'll just we'll just go from there. We'll figure it out. Um, well, Caroline took U- uh, Utah because the Utah you like are from Utah. I so. need. I need to get Caroline. I gotta start taking notes. She did what? She She's just taking Utah. the points. She took Utah on the points because she says that she uh she there's some YouTubers that she watches all the time that are from Utah and that's enough. And hey, she would be winning our competition. That's why I'm I'm saying like she picked Utah because she knows some YouTubers. So make fun all you want. She's in first. So I did, I mean who did Utah fillet last week? Was it Arizona State? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And but I will I, say this. But I watched the Oregon Utah game and I can't get it out of I my know, mind. I know, but Washington isn't Oregon. I know. I love Oregon. Like I'll be honest. Oregon's I'm gonna not. beat Washington's ass in that rematch. It's I, uh, I, well, here's my only here's my only concern. I'm afraid my boy Lanning, my boy Lanning's kind of a dumb dumb. He's a dumb dumb. He's a dumb dumb that uh gets labeled as smart. That guy can coach a win into a loss as as well as the best of them. Like I, I'm very scared of that. But I do. I think. I think if you just had neutral head coach, they line up and they beat them by two scores. Yeah, Oregon's got an Alabama SEC coach team there. They've got the. They've got an SEC team in the Northwest. They they look like they the, to me like they look like Georgia. He's, that's what he's trying to build. And I, I get oxygen every time Bo Nix throws a touchdown pass and he's not at Auburn. And I go to watch I, Auburn. I do, quarterback competition. I do too, but okay. I'm with you. But no, at the same no. time, I always, then I have to have the internal dialogue. Is he good? Yes, he's fine. He's good. He would, he'd be the starter. Okay, but at but right he's now. fine and he's good are two different things. He's good. Look, is he elite? And if he wins a Heisman, are we going to go, oh, my God, that's Johnny Manziel and Tim Tebow? No. No, no. But he's good. And he works inside the system. The Pac-12 defenses suck. It's all good. He's very careful with the football, but just very rarely does he make a throw where I go, how do you do that? He's- I will say, him winning the Heisman a few days after Alabama wins the SEC championship Uh-oh. game, will, oh. I, will, I will inject that straight into my veins. Yeah, I, I want him to win the Heisman. Number uh, 14, Tennessee, minus one at number 16, Missouri, 230 on CBS. I, I, I know that I've been wrong a lot, and I am critical of Missouri the entire season for plenty of reasons, but even taking all it out, I just like Tennessee here. I just think they're the better team. Well, Missouri's super banged up. So I'm my my for those that are out there, my pick is based on I think I think that they're they got Georgia last week. It was a physical, brutal beatdown. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a pick for a reason. You know what's interesting is I talked to two different people who covered that game. It'll be on Oxford Exxon Podcast Extra Edition later today. They both said if you took the helmets, took the, the decals off the helmets and all the insignias off, that you might not have known which team was Georgia and which team was Missouri. 
that Missouri was really good at the line of scrimmage against them. They've been really good at the line of scrimmage. Now, it, it, so my thing with this game, and I'm with you, they're real beat up and all that. My thing with this game is give me the home team and give me the better quarterback. And I know he made a bad throw, but consistently he's better than than the kid at Tennessee. I will say this, though. Milton's not as bad as the narrative is. No, he's not. But Cook's Cook's good. And Cook's fine. Yeah. Luther Burden's really good. Weiss, Weiss or whatever is really good. Uh, Schrader's good. Yes. Like, he's fine. Let me tell you this. I don't get the warm and fuzzies when I watch him. Are we all on... Yeah, I'm Arkansas scared. Arkansas plus three. I, know. I mean, no, minus three at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate the line. Like, laying three here feels weird. I know. I thought I was going to get some points. I did, too. It's down to two and a half now. Okay. You I know just, what, gentlemen? I just, I, I'm picking with my gentlemen, heart. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to trust in the Lord. Yep. You know what I did before Ole Miss played Auburn? If God's out there, he will not let Hugh Freeze win. And guess what? He didn't. There you go. I'm I'm, I'm picking this one with my heart. Not I, I. I want I want Caroline to have a really good Saturday. I I want her to walk out of that stadium. She said she's going in her comfy shoes, and she have to understand when a girl tells you that she's going to the football game in her comfy shoes. In other words, I'm not. This is the one time that I'm not here for the Instagram session. This is the one time that I'm not leaving in the first quarter to go find the tailgate with the high noons. No, no. I'm here for business. That's what that tells you. When a 20, almost 21-year-old girl says, Dad, I'm going to the game, whether my friends go or not, and I'm wearing my comfy shoes. I'm like, oh, this is a business trip. This is a business trip to Reynolds Razorback Stadium. There's, (laughs) There's a purpose to this, and it is not for Instagram. You know it's, what bothers I, me? I want that to end well. You know what bothers me? Have y'all seen the forecast? For up there? Yeah. I, I know the forecast warm? happens is pouring down rain. Uh, it's on Saturday, it's gonna be 62 and sunny. Oh, you wanted 38 and rainy. I and wanted red 38 hot. rainy. Like I wanted Hugh to I wanted Hugh to have PTSD back to 2014 when it wasn't his fault. <laughs> Boy, that was a day. Man, that was, that was, we watched the warm-ups, and I was like, is, is, can anybody get a bookie? That's one of the best days that happened to Ole Miss football in history because they wouldn't have gotten Chad Kelly without it. No way. 100%. Well, I would say the, the Tuesday and Wednesday that followed okay, was the fair. best day. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say Tuesday and Wednesday practices that followed that Saturday were the best days. That could, the yeah. best thing that happened. Um, number 10 Ole Miss, plus 11, number one Georgia, 6 o'clock ESPN. We're all predicting somewhat of the same game. I just know Lane. He doesn't care about covering. He's trying to win, and I won't be shocked if a close-ish game turns into a Georgia cover with some mistake late as they're trying to win. When you have, when you play to win, you bring in more expected, or you bring in more outcomes, and you bring in higher blowouts. Hey, what do you guys make of the forecast? How does this impact it it if it holds? All right. Saturday night, rain, low of 46, winds east-northeast, 5 to 10 miles per hour, chance of rain 90%, rainfall near a quarter of an inch. What's the total? Uh, 
I'm looking. It was 58 or something the other day. My, my, my first instinct is go hammer the under. I'm looking. Yeah, it was like 58 or 59 the other day. Yeah, go. but I'm wondering 50, now. 58 and a half as of this okay. moment. All right, then I'd hammer the under because I don't. I don't think it's good for Ole Miss. Ole Miss's path to winning the game is big passing. Now, if you want to make the argument, hey, if it's a wet, slick field, DBs who are running backwards more, that's a problem. Okay, but it's really hard to throw the football when it's cold, wet, and rainy. And that's Ole Miss's path. Like, if Ole Miss wins this game, it's because they hit big shot plays in the passing game. Agreed. Yeah, I buy that. They need the down. You don't line up and you don't line up and just whip Georgia. You've got to you've got to scheme Georgia a little bit. Yeah, and they are capable of doing it. Like yeah. I think I thought Trey Harris has looked as healthy as he has all year last week. Like he he looked like he had like a burst that I hadn't seen from him. Well, and that's how they separated with chunk plays. He looked like a first round pick. Yes, he did. He, did. he looked like a big body, uh, a big body number one receiver. Um, Which, by the way, he, I, I, how did he wind up at Louisiana Tech? He was a high school quarterback. He played at a school in Alexandria, Louisiana. And if you're from Louisiana, and I am, you know that Alexandria is sort of no man's land. Ah, uh, nobody, nobody goes there. Nobody sees. And he he played, he played quarterback in um, what I suspect was some sort of a triple option style offense. I bet he was hell running around though. Oh boy, I, I think he was. Louisiana Tech saw him. Camps? Louisiana Tech saw him and, and converted him to receiver. Good move. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, I, I, Good job Bulldogs. Shout out. Sh- who who was that? Was that was that Skip? Yeah. Was that Holtz? Yeah. That was that was Holtz. Good move, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Get that one right. We uh, don't have a ton of time left. Any uh, crazy thoughts about either one of these? Either number Florida plus thirteen at number eighteen LSU six thirty on the SEC Network, or Mississippi State plus eighteen and a half at A and M six thirty on ESPN two. Eight's on quit watch, and I'm taking A and M because I think Jimbo's gonna. Tr- if Jimbo can run it up, I think he will. Um, I also have LSU kind of on quit watch, although it seems like Daniels is gonna play. He's gonna play. I don't think I don't think I don't think Jaden I don't think Jaden Daniels has quit in his body. What happened to concussions being a big deal? When did we just when when did we just decide we're done with concussions? Uh, When the TV bunny stuff. Yeah, but like, but remember, like, even even in high school, if you got a concussion, you weren't playing the next week. I mean, the best part was they put him back in. Chase and I are on a group chat. One of our buddies is like, you see him twitching? Like, that's a concussion. Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't need to see the twitching to know that he was concussed. I saw the hit. Look, Jeffrey, we're in a sport where a quarterback told the truth about the number of concussions he had, and then a media relations department had him change his uh, statement to the media 45 minutes later one time. Now, to be clear, I don't remember if I don't remember if Neil was in that interview or not, but I know I was. To be clear, uh, the NFL's no better. We've had uh, we've had Brock Purdy 
finish a game and then all of a sudden go into concussion protocol. Jimmy Garoppolo finished the game and went into concussion protocol. It's like, I just, I just love how like we, we are just a sheet in the wind. Like we will, we will just change. Like concussions was the biggest deal ever. And and now it's not. Um, Max Johnson is banged up. A&M is not necessarily playing for anything anymore. I know this is probably my dumb pick of the week, but I think State like loses by like two and a half touchdowns here. I actually kind of like State to cover this game. Uh, yeah, that's like, where I was. Sort of. Eh. If you're right, I'll tip your hat. I'll tip my hat to you on that yeah. one. I, I just, I, just, I you, you know how they, I feel about they that? suck. I know. I'll pay to it's, see it's, it. It's why if I'm Arkansas, the, the the question at the end of the year when I look at Sam Pittman is, you're going to have to explain this Mississippi State thing to me. No, no, no. The question I have for Sam is, you're going to have to explain this Dan Enos thing to me. It's along I mean, those lines, right? Exactly. You, to, you're, to be you're clear, gonna have, you're going to have to talk. If Lane, to if Lane wins in Athens on Saturday night, he might be feeling himself so much that he he, he congratulates Jimbo on bowl eligibility in the post game press conference. Afterward, might have that to look forward to. I, I got to be honest. I know. I know this won't be popular around here. I kind of liked the Jimbo big time move. I thought that was fun. Oh, he didn't see you there. Yeah, I kind of loved it. <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with Lane. Yeah, but like it was like it was just the classic. Like he knew it. Like right there, the just just it was the fact that like he turned around and did the oh didn't see it good to see yeah, it. He found a manager he really had to talk to for a second. Yeah, I mean, I, just talking I, to I kinda, death to that manager. I kind of loved that. That's that's Billy, the stuff where, I live for. Billy, where, where are you from? Tell me about your yeah. family. It, Tell me right now, you've been doing a hell of a job with that water bottle right there. Did you see Ethan sign with Sanford? So, (laughs) Jeffrey has a very astute point. Why are we picking USC and Oregon? Because I needed a a 10th game. Why did you need a 10th game? Do we get paid by the word? The math is much easier on Sunday with 10. Okay. No, it's because I can't pick Pac-12 games. and and Could have thrown an NFL game in there. Yeah, I mean, you could have thrown a horse race that's already been run. You could have thrown a Sun Belt game. game. Yeah, sure. Liberty plays somebody this week. I think it's just because he's been he's been winning picks betting against USC, and they've been in the they've been in the picks column. That feels like the last three weeks. I hate this hook on the fourteen, but we're just gonna run with Oregon. I think I don't think the hook's gonna matter. I think this is like a weird. This is somehow like a weird, no apparent reason, close game, or Oregon just absolutely puts it to them. And I'm officially, uh, I'd like this to be uh, an Oxford Exxon podcast exclusive. Mm-hmm. I'm out on Caleb Williams. I was going to ask you. I meant to ask you this. So we, I know we have Not two. Me. The whole crying in the stands to his mom after losing a regular. Well, first off, are we sure he was crying? All we saw was he. Bury his head with a newspaper around him. Okay, even if he, was, he was his body was convulsing. So he was either laughing or crying, or faking, or faking. Okay, any of the above. It it was a bad look. If I'm an NFL team, I'm like I don't know. But I think this is what happens when you get these guys that uh, you know, the narrative is that he doesn't care. He was trying to like it's it's first off, these people are not like rocket scientists, like. This is exactly what happens. Like you, you get the narrative, like, oh, he doesn't really care. Well, I'll show him that I care. Like I'm crying in the stands. Like, 
uh, I'm out. See, this C.J. Stroud thing for me has changed the way I look at a lot of this. Like all we C.J. Stroud, he didn't show us all the time, but he showed us at least one time. Hey, guys, I'm for real. Watch this. That game against was it Georgia? Georgia. It was. It was holy hell. Where he played his ass off against elite team, and you were like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Georgia couldn't what, do anything. What? Is, what is this? And 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 that that should have been the warning. That should have been the hey, hey. He's not always dialed in over here. But but here's what he can do. And so Caleb oh. Williams showed you one time Saturday. Here's here's what I this I'm gonna show you who I am real quick. He, in other words, I'm gonna be melodramatic. I'm not gonna handle criticism. I'm not gonna handle a locker room. NFL teams lose games. NFL teams, rookie quarterbacks go through rough patches. I'm I'm out. Uh the other thing, the only other problem that with that is Man, Justin Fields, if you pop in Justin Fields' Clemson tape in that Sugar Bowl, like, you sit there and you do the same thing. Yeah. He was, that Clemson game, like, he made 10 throws where I'm like, holy hell. But here's the problem for Fields is that the Bears are asking Fields to do things that he can't do. The Bears are the Bears are saying, no, you have to fit the system. And I, I watch Houston and the Texans, and I'm, I'm, I'm sold on D'Amico Ryans, that they put that kid in positions to succeed and they they don't really ask him to do a lot of things that he's not proficient at right now oh no no i i'm i'm all in on strout because i had i needed the bucks to win for gambling purposes and as soon as they got the ball back with 40 seconds left i was like oh he's going to score the fact that like as a rookie in 10 games in you're sitting there going oh he's going to score that kind of says all you need to know. He's got that look in his eyes, man. I mean, that that kid's different. He's he's it. I'm I'm telling you, he's he's the deal. He's big time. Jeffrey, I did, you got a busy day. Go ahead. I did Finish. love uh I did love the Rams announcing the Carson Wentz signing and not even changing, not even photoshopping the uniform to a oh. Rams uniform. They just left it as the commander's uniform. That's like, great. I, I that love it. We are so apathetic about the signing. We're not even going to take 30 seconds to have a, a graphics intern like flip the jersey. That yeah. was that was amazing. They're off this Jordan, week. Right? They are. Yeah, they're off. Tonight we get uh, Panthers-Bears, that clash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Enjoy it, bud. Talk right. soon. Later. Speaking of uh, quarterback play, saw this thing this morning. I found it interesting. Uh Jeffrey's Giants. They are starting Tommy DeVito on Sunday. There is, there is a 16 uh, point dog this week, the Giants. To whom? Do they play? I'm, I'm looking. I got it right here. Uh, the Giants. I got too far down the sheet here. You're fine. The New York football Giants are playing the Dallas Cowboys. In Dallas, they are a 16-and-a-half-point uh, dog. That's like those huge Patriots lines back when they were just beating the hell out of everybody in the heyday. You just don't see those numbers in the NFL. I mean, lines yeah. this week, I mean, not, not, I'm just using the numbers. Three, one-and-a-half, six-and-a-half, six, three, 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 one, three, one-and-a-half, 15-and-a-half, 16-and-a-half, I'm sorry, six, one, seven-and-a-half. Seven and a half is a huge line in the NFL. Yeah. Seven and a hook. Oh. Yeah, I'll take the points. 
almost always. I don't care. 16 and a half, and I don't know that you could pay me to take the Giants in the points. I, I, in fact, I, I'm almost tempted to take Dallas and lay 16 and a half. So I'm stealing this from my email a little bit this morning. Uh, and you, I think you probably might get most of these. Give me the college these quarterbacks played at. Ready? I'll try. Starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. Your Chicago Bears, Tiger uh, Tyson Badgett. Um, Where did he play college football? Starting quarterback in the NFL. It was like a Mountain West school, right? Uh, Shepherdsville. Okay, not even that. Okay. No. Clayton Didn't Toon. Uh, Houston. That's correct. I would have gotten that one. Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Big Ten school? Uh, it is, yes. Purdue. That is correct. I would not have gotten that. I didn't know it. Yeah. Jaron uh, Hall. Big Ten. See, I pay it off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. BYU. Okay. Tommy DeVito. Two schools. Uh -huh. He transferred for his final season. NC State? One is a Big Ten school. Oh, Illinois. That is correct. He started his career at Syracuse and then transferred to Illinois. That's right. That's right. Those are all it, – it's my favorite thing about NFL football is it's so precise and so great. And obviously we talk about, hey, every pro team beat the absolute hell out of your college team, whatever, all that stuff. And then they are the most pedestrian of quarterbacks from college football that get these NFL spot starts. Or even hell, full time years like down the list or so. It is so hard to play quarterback in the NFL. You're just scrambling for anything that even sort of looks competent. And frankly, it's just intelligence. How quickly can you figure it out and can you not lose it? That's it. That's it. You have to be intelligent. You have to be willing to eat the ball. You gotta be willing to think you have to be have to be able to think and process quickly. You have to be able to handle the 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 scrutiny that comes with it the like in the sec today how many of the s current sec quarterbacks would you would you say that guy's definitely going to play in the nfl play and when i say play i mean start a game in the nfl as a starting quarterback where Jayden you would daniels. say i'm 100 percent sure Jaden daniels okay i'm not a hundred percent sure on anybody else not a hundred percent. Who else would you even think about? I mean, look, if you told me there was some Tommy DeVito level spot starts for Connor Wegman, uh, Jackson Dart, Joe Milton. Okay. Like again, Tommy DeVito. Let's not act like you got to be an all American. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I, some I, intangible I stuff. Okay. I would say someone's would say going to draft Devin Leary. I would say Cook. I think Dart gets a look. I'm a little concerned about his deep ball. Sure, 100%. But the NFL doesn't go deep the way they used to. No. Um, boy, and after that, see, I've got, some Daniels, I've got some Daniels concerns. I do, but I do think he starts a game in the NFL. I do, too. Um, I'd sell on him being a six-year vet or something where he's just an everyday no. starter for half a decade. I, I would, too. The only other one that I kind of like to one day do some NFL things is is Beck. Got a, got a shot. Yeah, sure. Okay. Got a shot. Don't hate it. Oh, uh, no. And and if you told me Spencer Rattler started a game in the NFL, I'll buy it. Sorry. I forgot Rattler. I'd okay. buy it. One game. Yeah. One game. Sure. sure. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
again, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not taking – look, because here's the thing. Here's the rest of that from that same story. DeVito's the 10th rookie quarterback to start a game this year, the most rookie starter since 1950. Wow. Quarterbacks are also getting younger, a lot younger on average. The older generation of signal callers washes out after some longevity, Breeze, Brady, Manning, et cetera. Even before injuries to Rodgers and others, this week's, this year's week one starting quarterbacks were the youngest in league history since 1957. It's it's why I'm I'm curious to see what Jackson Dart does at the end of the year. I I think he comes back. I think he plays another season. At the beginning of the year, I would have bet that he transfers and plays some places as a grad transfer. That's what I would have thought. It's another reason why ten and two behind door number one, you just take it. Um, but now I'm like, does he deep say, hey NFL, what do you think? Because if, if if the lack of the big arm is going to prevent him from ever being a first or second round choice, mm-hmm. do you go if you're a third or fourth round choice now? Do you go ahead and go so that you don't risk getting hurt and not going next year? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what he does. Is there a way he could play his way into the first round a year later? That would be the question if I'm him. That's the question I have moving forward. Because if the answer to that is, I don't know, man, you don't you don't have the cannon, so you're never going to be a first-round guy. Okay, well, what what could I be? Because he's the kind of guy that's intelligent and has all the all the intangibles that you could see him through attrition or whatnot, suddenly getting a couple of starts, proving himself, and suddenly he's. He's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll buy that. Thinking about it, I, I'm kind of with you. You got asking your mailbag. I do believe that I am much more on the side of he's just back as a very prominent national quarterback going into next season. Oh, that's what I'd bet on. Yeah, but if you told me that, hey, he's not here. Mm-hmm. If you had told me in August, hey, Jackson Dart's not at Ole Miss. In 2024, I would have been, oh, so he transferred to Utah or BYU or whatnot. But if you tell me now, I'm like, oh, he went pro. About tonight's game, draft positioning, the only thing that was even sort of interesting, but you also have to remember that uh, Chicago already has Carolina's pick. So Bears and Panthers vying for that number one overall pick, but the Bears already own it. So they could have quite the – the draft. I don't believe in their organization at all or their front office, so it doesn't really matter. But God, you're gonna take that pick and go Caleb Williams, just ugh. there's nothing about that that would have me excited. I mean, you gotta give him like an equity in the team, too, remember? So shit. I mean, you got a lot going on there. You know what's gonna be it would be hard for me if I'm in an organization to look around and I see Keon Coleman. Malik Neighbors. I see some dudes that look like big-time NFL wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr., who's like a can't-miss. I mean, he's can't-miss. I'm going to pass on that guy to take that guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a long way from NFL draft talk, but I get why. You see why with four months to overthink that, how all the mistakes are made. I I get it. 
uh, indirectly tied to the thing that we always talk about, TV earnings, ESPN, the money they have for rights packages. Um, Disney reported its earnings for the quarter yesterday. And uh, Bob Iger, who's back with Disney uh, now running the company, he uh, they posted better than expected profits, though ad revenue was down and narrowed its streaming losses. He said the win means Disney can, quote, move beyond this period of fixing and begin building business again. However, and this is kind of where I was getting at, um, they're expected to cut cost by an additional $2 billion in expenses. So no idea how that relates to ESPN or sports rights or anything else. But Disney, even though they appeared to have had a little better quarter than expected, they are trying to trim $2 billion. And that's even after all the employment employment cuts that they've made over the last 9 to 12 months or those three rounds of of cuts that Disney went through that did include ESPN to a pretty strong number. So just a little FYI there as uh as we as we keep going. We'll do hand raise guys at five. I guess we'll have the first half of the Ole Miss women. They play at six. The NFL games does very little for me, but Bears Panthers at seven. You got high school soccer tonight. Um yeah, OHS and Tupelo in the rain tonight, baby. How does Playing Tupelo, how's Carson do with that? He, he knows a lot of those dudes. Knows a lot of those kids and their friends, and then the whistle blows, and they're not friends anymore, and it gets pretty chippy. <laughs> does it get it, chippy? Uh, it does. People laugh, but it gets. Is that the chippiest game they play? No, uh, there's a couple of the teams from North Mississippi, like Memphis suburbs. Okay, they, those teams talk a lot. Uh huh. And if the if the referee doesn't get it under control pretty quick, those games those games have a tendency to spiral a little bit in terms of behavior. Where you're just like, please don't don't do something stupid. Please don't do something stupid. Please don't do something stupid. Don't do something stupid. And for the most part, he's not the one. On that, he's not the one on that team that I worry about. But there are there are, and I was one of those kids in high school. So I'm not making fun of kids, but there are kids that the the, the tempers. Mm-hmm. The heat, the 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 red rises a little, and and you can have a moment. It is uh, November the eighth yesterday, so I'm not making a ton out of this. But uh, Sixers were the nice 106, 103 win over the Celtics yesterday to uh, yeah. give Boston, I think, only its second loss of the year. And then it's in the East; they're not a, they're not going to compete. But my Twitter makes me run across them a lot. Are the Pacers good? You know what? I haven't really watched them yet this year. I don't know. Haven't seen them. What would they do last They night? appear to be kind of fun-ish. Maybe not good, but interesting. Just, okay. just there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not a top three seed or anything. I don't mean that. Just my watching usually skews West. Like I watched uh I watched the Knicks just put the beat down on the Spurs last night. The Spurs are still just interesting because Wimby's out there. I watched uh I watched the Thunder and the Cavs. And then I, I watched watched the Nuggets for a while. Um, for our local fans, the Grizzlies uh, fell 108-102 last night at uh, the FedEx Forum to the Heat. They are now 1-7 overall, including 0-4 at home this season. So It's early. But boy, you dig a hole too much. No, it feels it, – it, it doesn't feel early. It feels late early. I mean – Played eight games. They had 74 to go. We got plenty of time to make it up, but goodness. 
problem in the West is you end up chasing a bunch of teams because the, there's just not a lot of bad teams over there. I'm just pulling up. I'm, I'm curious to get standings for just a second. Yeah, sure. The NBA app is not the best app. Here's an interesting story uh, flashing through from a college football standpoint. The father of NC State starting quarterback MJ Morris said his son will not play the rest of the season and will take a redshirt year while staying with the Wolfpack. Morris said of the decision on Tuesday, his son, a sophomore, had plenty of options had he decided to transfer. They would have done that already if it was his desire, but under NCAA rules, he's allowed to participate in four games while preserving the option to take a redshirt year. He was elevated to the starting role on October 2nd after uh, the Wolfpack struggled offensively with Virginia transfer Brennan Armstrong. Guided the uh, Wolfpack to three wins and four starts, including wins against Clemson and Miami, while throwing seven touchdown passes. Um, but now, with only four games to play, NC State obviously not playing for anything crazy. He's just sitting out. So, part of me, uh, part of me is thinking that is a an interesting decision, and he will in fact transfer. I have a hard time believing he's just going to quit on his team in the middle of the season and stay with them, even if that is what they are currently saying. I mean, unless they've agreed to that before the year, that's going to be a really hard thing to sell in the locker room, man. Yeah. You're your starting guy. done a pretty good job, and now we're just going to quit with three games left in the season because I've played in four. Because he didn't want to lose a year where he played in seven. Yeah, that's weird. By the way, speaking of the Grizzlies at one and seven, they're 15th out of 15 in the West. Here's their problem. Denver's eight and one. Dallas is six and two. Timberwolves look good. They're five and two. Um, Warriors look good. They're six and three. OKC looks solid. They're five and three. Houston will probably fade. They're four and three. They've won four in a row. Phoenix will be better than four and four. The Pelicans are four and four. The Kings are three and four. Clippers are three and four. The Lakers are three and five. They won't stay bad. They'll get better. The Spurs are three and five. Portland's three and five. Utah's two and seven. They'll get better. It's going to be hard to get out of 15th and to avoid like the play-in at least. Now, that being said, when they get a fresh, healthy John Morant, they might be a lot better than everybody else down the stretch when another team sort of hit the wall and, and they've got this fresh point guard. Right. You're gambling on Morant being issueless. Right. And good luck with that. So, All right. Full day, MPW Digital. Neil mentioned that at the uh, start of the show, the programming for the day and the evening. And we'll be back for hand-raised guys again around 5 o'clock today, something like that. Take some of your calls. Be a little, uh, not abbreviated, about an hour and a half or so. Again, Neil has a soccer game, got stuff going on, but we'll be with you for a while tonight for hand-raised guys and the rest of the uh, action on MPW Digital. So all pointing toward Ole Miss and Georgia, 6 o'clock on Saturday from Athens. If we have any updates on Pettis or otherwise heading into the weekend, rebelgrove.com for that. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.